Have you ever thought about the fact that people in the church should have the healthiest relationships? After all, you've got a room full of people trying to look like Christ. So in theory, relationships in the church should be marked by love and joy and kindness, yet so often they are just as messy and just as broken as they are anywhere else. We decided that's not okay. So we sat down with some of our people and just started asking questions in an attempt to figure out where things have gone wrong. So if you felt for a while like there's something off about relationships in the church, you're not alone. And we'd love to invite you on this journey as we figure out what it looks like to do this well. Welcome to Something's Off. Welcome to another episode of Something's Off. I'm your host, Joshua Story, and this week I'm joined by my co-host, Robert Newberry. Rob, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. It's fall in Texas, and so I'm loving that, and I'm really thankful to be here. Thanks for having me out. Absolutely, man. So today we are talking about what's off about engagement, and I'm excited because when we talk about relationships in the church, we spend a lot of time talking about marriage and a decent amount of time talking about dating. But engagement is oftentimes overlooked, even though it's a really important type of relationship. Uh, And Rob, I feel like you can attest to this because you're currently in that season. Yeah, it has been a fun one for sure, especially in COVID. Sarah and I have had our our fair share of circumstances that have already come up that have made it a challenge to navigate this season well. And so I'm really excited to get in there and talk about uh, this with a couple other couples just because it's been so pertinent to me and I'm excited to see where we go with it. Yeah, totally. I I think this conversation is incredibly rich and I'm excited for uh, everyone to hear it. So without further ado, we'll dive straight in. Uh, Here's our conversation on what's off with engagement. Well, what's up guys? Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited for uh, just a chance for us to sit down and talk and for you to share some of your stories. Um, before we get started, I want to go ahead and put names with voices. So really quick, we'll start over here. Go ahead and tell us your names. Um, my name's Mia Baki, and we have been married for two and a half years. So Heck yeah. I'm Garrett Baki. I've been married to Mia for two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad that it lines up. I'm glad that y'all both have We're the same. Such a cool yeah. coincidence. Same time there. It's nice. great. Yeah, I'm Robert Newberry, and today is actually our one year of officially dating. Oh, come on. Yeah. Congrats. Um, but he is engaged to me, uh, Sarah Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. My name is Maggie Cermak, and this is... Zach Cermak. Yeah. We've been married a couple weeks. Yeah, I've I've never heard you say Maggie Cermak before. That's really exciting. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, y'all, thanks again for being here. I'm really excited to um, kind of hear more of y'all's stories. So tonight we're going to be talking quite a bit about what's off with engagement and kind of the ups and downs, um, because I think it's really helpful and beneficial for people just to kind of get a full spectrum whether they're in a season of engagement or they're about to be. Um, But in all of that, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that there's a bunch of really fun things and there's a bunch of really joyful things about this season. So um, really quick, uh, we'll start over here. Uh, What are just some of like the fun, joyful things that you guys remember about engagement? I'll start with that. Uh, So one of the things that we really looked forward to was getting to plan together, knowing that we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. It's not walking on eggshells anymore. Um, So we got to talk about our dreams and then really start aligning those dreams and see what we can make possible uh, and just starting to plan the future and the daydreaming of that's a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. And there's just a lot of excitement of just having those intentional conversations and kind of developing what's going to be our new family and kind of separating from our um, old family, I guess. Totally, yeah, like new traditions and new ideas and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah. more united and it's Garrett and Mia instead of Garrett and Mia and our family and friends. Yeah, totally. So. I love that. Rob? Yeah, I would say uh, one one of my favorite times for us has been 
kind of like that gloves off getting to really talk about your future and it becoming uh, us getting on the same page because all throughout our dating, Sarah was first in New York and going through her master's and then now she's in the process of applying to med school and our entire dating time, we had that looming over our heads. Mm. And it was this thing of like wanting to talk and like we were kind of in this rhythm where we were headed towards that path, but that path was looking like it was going to hit right when she would either have to move or stay for med school. And we would like kind of have to like dance around those topics in order to like kind of protect her and I both and our expectations for what was happening. Yeah. And so we couldn't really dive into like, okay, where do you want to go to med school? What are your priorities? But then once we finally got engaged, it was, it was like all that was open to us. Totally. And like a whole new world. It, it was. Um, it's like, I kind of think of it as an analogy. It's like talking about building a tree house when you don't have a tree. As soon as that okay. tree's there, you get to see where the branches are, you get to see everything, and you get to see, you know, what, what are appropriate steps for y'all. And so it was this time where we really got to sit down and say, okay, what's the priority? Like, what do you want? And then without even realizing it, we just started like thinking up this future and we get to look back on it and be like, we're doing this together. Yeah. And it's a ton of fun. Yeah. It was really nice to be able to move from this like hypothetical, like, well, if I love you and <laughs> if maybe we have this future together, it was a, okay, no, we're taking steps towards this. And um, yeah, dancing around it was a great way to put it because we kind of were like tiptoeing around these little truths, but just being able to say like, no, like we're engaged now and I love you and we're going to play in this future. Um, There's a whole new level of freedom, which was just really nice. Yeah, I felt such a shift in just, I had already trusted Zach, but with this new promise and, you know, we hadn't said our vows yet, but we had promised that we would spend the rest of our lives together. And all of a sudden I could trust him that much more with, with everything and, and all of our conversations. They just, I felt like there was a lot more assurance. Um, and of course, trying to keep our hope in the Lord, but but really feeling like we had this this kind of start in this foundation and um, what we were dreaming of and planning, like y'all have said, was gonna was gonna happen and yeah. I think that's really cool because I think through the ups and downs of engagement, and there's a lot of them, it's nice to just kind of stop and remember, like, okay, like there are some really fun things about this. Like there's a bunch of new things and exciting things, and so uh, for whoever might actually be in the spot where they're so in the weeds with engagement, it's always nice to stop in, reflect, and think, okay, there are some really epic things to this. Um, all right, so a common thread that like runs through all of your stories is that you've all experienced certain hurdles or certain unexpected things that have come along. And I think you guys have all handled it really, really well. Uh, so I want to spend some time talking about some of the shocks and the frustrations um, that you've encountered because I think that it's beneficial for people to know that if this season has frustrations, one, it's normal. Um, you're not alone in that. Um, but then also just hear some advice and just kind of how to process through some of those those things. Uh, so Garrett and Mia, I want to start with you guys. Um, tell us about some of the news that you got during your engagement. Yeah, so we got engaged in early December. Um, and then at the end of January, so a month and a half ish, uh, we got the call that my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer and had anywhere from three to six months left to live. Uh, so that was a huge curveball and it's kind of backtracking any change in your life, uh, good or bad is going to cause stress. So, you know, we're super excited. We're engaged, but things are changing. We're kind of feeling the stress, um, and then we get this thrown on our plate and our stress levels kind of skyrocket. Yeah, totally. Um, and at this point, we've found our venue. We found our date. Uh, we're playing for July. So that's kind of the tail end of that six-month window. So it's like, ah, uh, you know, it's important for him to be there. So we totally had to shift gears and try and throw a wedding together uh, and we ended up making it happen with a lot of help from from a lot of people uh, in April. So he was able to be there. Uh, it was it was great. But that that process of being engaged was not the fairy tale engagement you might think of when you hear about a couple being being engaged and planning their wedding. And yeah. like so soon right after mm-hmm. that we got engaged, it was like bam, this yeah. Way, so so. Um, 
know, I felt like we were kind of one of those couples that like, oh yeah, we don't fight. Like we don't, <laughs> that other couples fight, but right. we don't. And then we got engaged and things are going pretty well. And then we get that additional stress. Um, and we have to learn how to get through conflict resolution, which wasn't something that we've had to do before. Totally. So now we're trying to learn how to handle conflict resolution and communicate in a healthy manner um, while doing all of this other stuff with work, with studying for some of our professional exams, trying to see my family in Austin, but still making time for me as family. Yeah. Uh, and then trying to figure out how we're going to become one. You yeah. know? Totally. I mean, I, I would imagine this is probably the first time that y'all have had a major life event take place as a couple. And so you're having to wade through, I mean, everything that you just just said, the normal stresses of engagement plus work and, you know, exams mm-hmm. and all that stuff. From a communication standpoint, because I feel like this is really important. I think a lot of people are a little shocked when they realize, oh, we don't communicate the way that we did when we were dating or we fight more or we have, you know, more conflict. And that was kind of shocking. How did you guys begin to initially handle that when y'all started realizing, oh, this is actually creating more conflict than we ever thought? So going back to the initial conversation we're all having, kind of the, the facade falls off once you're engaged. Right. Uh, so you're not, you're not holding back anymore. You're not saying, well, I can't express this feeling because I think they're going to leave me because we have that assurance. Right. But now we're starting to express that feeling, feeling and they might see that side um, or they aren't, that hasn't really come out before. You haven't been as confrontational on uh, and a difference in opinion as, as you had before. So we learned, um, I'd say we called out each other's blind spots and that's, that's how we started to learn. And then mm-hmm. we both had to admit to each other that, yeah, you're right. That's a blind spot I have. I haven't been um, understanding your feelings. I'm telling you, you shouldn't feel this way when I'm not, I'm not listening to what you're telling me. Yeah. And I think what was really I mean, we did the best that we could. Honestly, we were just kind of like floating above water. Oh my water. gosh, totally. Um, but I think what was hard is that not only we were trying to figure out like how we're going to be united as one. Um, what was like for me? What was my place in Garrett's family? Because we weren't mm. married, and and they're going through this challenging season. So I was like, what's my role in this situation? And then also figuring out um, being Garrett's wife and supporting him through this season and, uh, and then also kind of meeting my needs in this season season too. And it was just, it was really hard. Did did you feel like your needs took a backseat due to the gravity of the situation? Yeah. Yeah. And cause it almost felt selfish because, you know, of course I'm a girl and I want this dream engagement and dream wedding. And so, um, for me to feel bad or upset about not getting those things, I felt really guilty because he's struggling, his family's struggling, and um, it was like I couldn't have those feelings. So. Yeah, totally. How how did you get through that? Because the, the, the reality is you still have those feelings. Yeah. And it totally makes sense that you'd feel like you couldn't feel that or you would feel guilty, I guess, in a way for feeling that. How did you like actually process through all that stuff? Well, I'm really, I like to share my feelings, so I took care of a lot of, a lot of it, and he was really supportive, and it was probably a lot of pressure on him being in his position of helping him, my family, helping himself, and helping me, too, and um, so I, I think we also took the stress out on each other, too, mm-hmm. so it was good and bad. Yeah, totally. Um, so we just kind of continued to talk about it as much as we could, and um, when we did get upset, we would come regroup and figure out, like, okay, reset our priorities and yeah. the best that we could. If y'all could go back and do it again, what do you think you would do differently about the way that y'all were communicating and interacting? So for me, it's definitely listening. Mm. Uh, I get defensive and I clam up, and then I'll just kind of be quiet, shake my head and agree, and try and get the conversation over. Gotcha. Um, I like to process my feelings after I've had time to maybe take a walk or cool down, uh, if we're in an argument of any kind or uh, if things are just getting um, to that level. So 
listening to your feelings uh, is probably the number one. And then talking about my feelings would be number two. And I think for me, I'm more bold and like in those conversations of we need to talk about this with your family. We need to set this boundary. Um, so but giving him that space and time to take a breather, calm down, get his thoughts and really he's and he needs that time. And I learned that. Totally. I think that's so insightful because I think we talk a lot about in generalities that communication changes, that it's more important, however you want to say it, during during engagement. But the reality is it's also this realization of it's not that we need to communicate more. It's that we communicate differently, right? That our styles, like you might need to take take a walk or, you know, I might need to process right right now. And oftentimes those two things can oftentimes feel like a conflicting thing. Um, Rob, I want to ask you this because we, we talked about, about this earlier. Um, what have you guys seen as far as like difference in communication styles? Has that been? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a fun journey. Um, so throughout all of our dating relationship, most of it was long distance. And so we would just kind of be on the phone for two to three hours a night. And that would be our conversation. I'd have undivided attention. I would give it to her and it would kind of be just like recapping our day and talking through things. And so it was usually kind of this pretty just give and take process. Well, she flies down for the engagement, comes back and we start living in the same area. And all of a sudden conversation becomes a little bit more scattered and we're doing things with it. Um, And I noticed that she kind of like feels like a dissonance uh, with me in terms of like what's going on. And I didn't really understand it. Um, and that was kind of the first time that she had seen me in the moment when I processed things. And it took a really long time for me to understand the way I grew up influences, influenced the way I communicate in a huge way. Yeah. So like my family growing up, talking was arguing. Like we would debate <laughs> that that's what we did. Yeah. Um, and so I always grew up with this thought process of you think about things in your head, you get to a place where you can state it concisely, and then you move forward. And that is not the way she <laughs> is wired. Um, it's, it's, we are very much internal. I'm an internal processor, processor and she's an external processor. Okay. And so it was like I was excluding her from this part of the process that she was seeing as vital and important, but I was thinking like, no, that's for me. Like, mm. I don't speak up about that because I haven't grasped it yet. And so for me, I was just doing, like, what I was supposed to, what I was raised. And, like, anything before that, to me, would be, like, I haven't done my due diligence to speak yet. Yeah. Like, I haven't come to term, terms with my own thoughts to say something that's worth being said. And it's been this slow process for probably about four months where she's like, hey, you know, it's okay to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear your words wherever they are. Yeah. And it's just been this like gentle encouragement to her or from her that even if I don't necessarily like I'm not able to tie a bow on whatever thought I have, yeah. she still wants to hear it because mm-hmm. now it's this process of us becoming one and she gets to play a part in my comprehension of what's going on. She's another perspective. She's another bit of understanding that helps me and actually produces a wiser way forward than if I were to just do it on my own. Right. And then the flip side of that is because I'm such an external processor, like I will talk through every part of the process of how I come to my conclusions. And sometimes I don't really have a conclusion <laughs> when I start talking. Yeah. Um, and so but, but you're going to get there. We're going to get there eventually. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe. I just like want him to be, <laughs> I want him to be so engaged for like the whole ride. Right. And so it was so different when we started having more conversations face to face. And like he was saying, like we weren't just meeting up at the end of the day. Once things were processed, it was real time. And I would start word vomiting, if you will, and just like sharing, um, like this is what I'm thinking and this is where I'm going with this. And he would kind of be like trying to stick with me through it. But you could just see that, like, where are we going? Like, where are we going right now? Um, And so it's just been kind of a funny process of figuring out how to, still communicate the way that I need to communicate, um, but also give him room to have that be a two-person, I guess, happening, like not just 
Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. it's been it's been this crazy balance of like she'll she'll throw all this stuff out there, and I've had to learn when it's my job to summarize mm. and when <laughs> it's my job to just understand yeah. or be a part of the process. Um, and so that's been a fun one to learn. Like it's it's a guessing game of when I come into it, and so I've started kind of asking the question of like what role am I playing right now? Or yeah. like, what do you need from me? Um, because like my internal processor will just kick o- kick on and just be like, oh, so this is what you're feeling. And it's like, yes, but no. And I'm like, what what, what is happening? <laughs> um, and then I think the hard thing for her, but that she's been incredibly patient in is like, she's got this super like great standard for communication. That's like, hey, I want to know what you're feeling and how you're feeling about it. Yeah. Um, and she's had to be patient with me because like there's something missing in what I'm telling her half the time in her mind. Right. And part of the time there is like, there's part of the time where she'll like say, Hey, are you feeling this way? And I'm like, yeah, I think I am. (laughs) Thank you. Um, and so that's been great. But then there are other times where like, I will just like say my piece and then be done. And she's like, wait, there's not more. And I'm like, no. Um, and so it's just this adjustment to, kind of those different levels and what we think is acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when y'all first started having like real conversations about stuff, because again, I think the engagement really is the first time that you start talking about weightier things, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, once upon a time, where do we want to eat dinner? Like that's the biggest discussion, <laughs> right? Like that's, oh my gosh. That's a pretty big know. one for us sometimes too. Yeah, dude, honestly, <laughs> that discussion never goes away. That's still a big topic. <laughs> Um, in our household as well. But nice. um, but when when y'all first started talking about serious things, like lifelong things and big decisions, and Sarah Clark, I'm going to ask you first, when, when he begins to process internally, I guess, does it feel like initially like he is kind of backing away or like distancing himself? Yes. The short answer is yes. Because yeah. um, I think just because I am so open with my thought process, if I'm not getting that in return, there's a little bit of like, wow, maybe I've been too much. Like maybe Mm. what I've been saying has been really overwhelming if he doesn't want to meet me there. Um, And because I want to be so involved with his thought processes, there can be a little bit of disconnect where it's like he really needs to process what he's thinking internally and then come to me with a solution or a concise train of thought later. And I'm kind of like, wait, but I, I want I want to be in it with you. Yeah, and um, it's definitely been a process and something that we're still working on to yeah. not take that personally and realize like, okay, this is a, a real need that he has. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't value my opinion. It doesn't mean that he thinks something specific about my level of communication. It just means that this is what he needs. Totally. So I think that's so important because I think if there's not even communication about the communication style – that, oh, hey, when I, when I go process internally, that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with kind of how I'm trying to process this. I think that's such a profound thing when we begin to have those conversations and realize, oh, this is just the way that you process things or you communicate. Um, because it's so easy, I think, for us to take things personally and to just instinctually think that, oh, this has some, something to do with me or it's like a personal thing. Um, I think mean, that's really, really cool that y'all have begun to even like realize, oh, there's a difference in the way that we communicate. So Zach, Maggie, I want to ask you guys really quick. You guys got engaged and then almost immediately after y'all got engaged, this little known virus called COVID-19 <laughs> came out of nowhere <laughs> and just honestly wrecked everything for everybody in a lot of ways, but specifically made your engagement very difficult. Walk us through that and the kind of chaos that ensued. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had had a pretty easygoing engagement um, until COVID hit. We were engaged about six months, I'd say, until COVID started in March. Um, And yeah, I mean, we weren't really having a whole lot of fights, but we would, um, you know, having those deeper conversations and we were seeing eye to eye on a lot of things and Um, We were having fun with wedding planning and doing things on a weekly basis. Um, And then in the final three months of our engagement, when things start to ramp up and, you know, 
it starts to get more serious and you're like, holy cow, this is actually going to happen. Um, COVID came and, and, um, yeah, just totally changed that feeling of certainty and control. Um, I don't think I fully understood how little control I have in my life, um, until COVID happened and just changed everything on, you know, the biggest event of your life. And you're supposed to have total control on how that whole day, how that whole weekend, um, how that whole season is supposed to look. And, you know, the Lord just said, no, like you really don't have control. You have to trust me through all of that. So it was, yeah, it, it was very, it was very difficult and very, very uneasy at times. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was devastating. Just I think at first we probably felt what everybody in the world was feeling and, and just the fear and the anxieties that were very general. And I kind of at first thought, wow, I'm so thankful our wedding is still four months out, you know, but then the weeks and weeks go by and like everyone else, there's a lot of shock that it's still going on. And, and yeah, then I mean, so many sleepless nights, um, just worrying about having to put on the biggest event of our lives um, and having no assurance that it was going to happen. And uh, after about a a month of planning something without knowing if any of your plans are going to come true, and like Zach said, you never really know, but that hasn't ever felt quite so true as it has in this season, I think for everyone, is that we really don't know um, when or if our plans are going to happen. It's just more extreme than it usually is. And so, yeah, it was exhausting. um, And it was disappointing to have so many things be postponed and, um, you know, the celebrations that are supposed to kind of get you excited and uh, get you ready uh, those were kept getting pushed back, and um, we tried to remain hopeful. Uh, but there were there were lots of days, and I, I think maybe more so for me, Zach was really supportive throughout all of it. But there were a lot of days where I just really didn't understand how this was God loving us. I didn't feel like He was near. Um, I had a lot of like why me thoughts, which. Uh, is you know humbling to admit because we've been super blessed um, in so many ways and and you know Zach would help me remember that the blessing was that we were getting married and of course that's the whole point and you know that but simultaneously it's it's just difficult to to try and um, cope with just all these feelings and all these disappointments and. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely strengthening for us as a couple and um, strengthened our trust unlike probably anything else could. It was it was really, really growing. Uh, and I mean, up until up until I would say the day of our wedding. Um, <laughs> but I have to say, you know, even throughout our wedding, there were changes. Um, for instance, we found out, so our reception space changed like three times, and the last change was two days before the wedding. So not Casual. fun. <laughs> yeah, usually, you know, that that's set in stone way early on. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, we were going from ceremony to reception, and they told us, we for whatever reason, we still don't really know, but they told us, hey, your DJ isn't going to be able to make any announcements so we're kind of, we're in this high of just getting married, you know, and, and excited because we're finally with, um, I mean, inexplicably, it was a miracle that our wedding happened. I I still don't understand it. It was completely a gift from the Lord. Um, and he protected us and, and his grace covered that entire day and no one got sick and I don't get it. But, um, <laughs> but, but we're trying to process this in real time of like, nobody can announce our wedding. And so we're just going to kind of hang out and be our own MCs. Um, and of course it was fine. And, and at that point in time, it was, it was, you know, you could brush that off your shoulder cause you made it, yeah. you know, but I, yeah, extremely challenging and super growing and 
Yeah. Stunning, really. Yeah. These stories, I think, are so important to share because I think that oftentimes we view the engagement season kind of like an engagement photo, meaning Mm -hmm. that like we assume that for six months we're running through a field looking madly in love and picking flowers and twirling in a beautiful dress or whatever. And the reality is that oftentimes behind the scenes, that's not what it looks like at all. And there's things that are going horribly awry and there's conflict and there's all these things. And I think that's a really shocking thing for a lot of people. I know that for us, I, I distinctly remember when Haley and I were engaged, the week before our wedding was so full of conflict just because everything is coming to a head. And I would remember walking through the halls at work and people would stop me in the hallway and say, oh my gosh, you're like three days out. You're, you know, like, are you just so excited? And when they would say, are you so excited? I thought, I have to be excited. Like, that's, like that's, that's the feeling that I should be feeling. It's like everything in me wants to say, no, I'm actually terrified because we can't stop fighting and I don't know if this is right or wrong. And, um, and I remember almost feeling a sense of shame that, like, is it okay that like it feels like the wheels are falling off the train? And then obviously you get there and it's amazing and all the stress of trying, because no one ever tells you the stress of trying to plan a party for 300 people. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's a massive thing. Like there's like people who, whose entire job is to do that, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so we're there, you know, on our MacBooks trying to like pull out Excel and like figure it all out. And I think that it's important because so often we enter into engagement and think, oh, this is going to be the most amazing six months, most amazing nine months, most amazing however long. And we're so shocked when we realize, oh, there's, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that no one really tells you about. And I think that y'all's, y'all's stories are really important to share because hopefully people who are in that spot can resonate and say, oh, man, that's, that's where we are. Um, a question that I wanted to ask was in that, talk for a second about the loneliness that you might feel. Um, I think that when we don't share these stories ahead of time and you don't know going in that there might be these days where nothing goes according to plan or your dream day gets uh, taken away or something, um, is there a loneliness that sets in? And Mia, we'll start with you. Um, when, when you think back, like, are there days where you, where you just kind of feel alone in all of it? Yeah, I um kind of going back to kind of putting my feelings on the back burner um just cuz I felt like it was too selfish of me to be upset or um disappointed in what was going on. Um it was just really hard to talk to people about it cuz I felt like no one really understood the stress um that was going on, the level of stress that was going on and we have great friends and they're super supportive but it was just still hard to talk about. And it was really hard to talk about to um, Garrett and I fighting about everything, you yeah. know? So it was embarrassing and, um, and just that's not what you hope for in engagement is fighting. Um, so I think it was just really challenging to kind of express myself and, um, and finding someone to relate to. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I felt a lot of loneliness in the season, similar to just like I can't be honest with people about my own feelings because there's more important things that are going on. You know, it was like I would feel like my my mind was saying, like, this isn't the time to be upset about your engagement season. Like, you know, COVID-19 is killing people. Right. And, you know, we have a serious issue with, with racism in America and, and it seems like everyone is, has got an opinion and everyone is sharing it on social media and, um, you know, like the world looks so different right now. And it was just like, Hey, like we're still getting married, you know, (laughs) it's been tough, but I don't really like (laughs) want to talk about it, I guess. I don't know, but I still have these feelings. And so that was tough of just, yeah, feeling like, I, I didn't want to be selfish and want to be like, Hey guys, like I need help. Like I still have some issues right now of my own. Um, and I think, I think what I was doing was, was minimizing the Lord and, and, and minimizing his ability to still hear me out and, 
but also deal with everything else that's going on. And, um, you know, like the Lord is ever present and he's, he's always there no matter how distant we feel like he may be, he's still there and he still hears you and he wants to hear you and he wants you to vent and be angry and, and give him that raw emotion. And, um, I feel like I could have done a much better job of being honest with the Lord and saying like, God, here's where I'm at. Here's where I need you. And, um, I think he, he certainly would have, would have pointed me in the right direction um, if I had done more of that. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that's super common where we feel like we can't, I mean, whether you're in a pandemic or not, you know, it's, there are times to where it feels like, ah, this, this really isn't like that big of a deal. And the reality is like, if it's a big deal to you, you know, it's a big deal to the people or it, or it should be a big deal to the people that you care about or that care about you. Um, yet we're so slow to like kind of bring that up. And I feel like that's a super common thing as well. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears, uh, really quick. Um, I want to talk about the church and specifically, uh, kind of where the church could actually be better about preparing its people for the specific season of engagement. I think we talk a lot about um, dating and relationships and kind of like the philosophy of relationships and even marriage, but the engagement season specifically is very, very unique. And oftentimes because it's so short, I feel like it kind of, it's like the season in relationships that kind of gets skimmed over a little bit. Where do you feel like the church could be better? Like the big C church could be better and preparing people for the season of engagement. Yeah, I think it was, um, I had heard this before of like, when you're engaged, sexual temptation can be uh, more amplified. Yeah. And it certainly was for, for us. And, and I think it, it certainly was more difficult for me um, once everyone was inside and I wasn't allowed to see all of my guy friends yeah. and wasn't allowed to have those face-to-face conversations with them, um, about accountability and checking in. And, um, it's one thing to text someone how they're doing. It's a totally different thing to get breakfast with them. Right. Um, and catch up and have a real conversation for an hour or two and, and, um, be honest with where you're at, you know? And, um, I think, yeah, I, like, I, I just think it was, it was difficult being, alone and being separate from people and doing a lot of stuff, just the two of us and right. being indoors and not really seeing a whole lot of other people. Um, yeah, those, those temptations were certainly amplified, um, in engagement season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, much more so than they were when we were just dating, but, but it is that tension between, you know, when you say yes to, to the proposal and you are promising with your words, but they're not yet vows in front of Mm. everyone. Um, You know, there is such a tension there, like we talked about in the very beginning, because you are, that is that person, you know, you have committed um, at least initial, the initial step of committing to them being your husband. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it, there was a tension there. And I think just kind of what I landed on when I would kind of wrestle with why, why is it amplified right now? And in addition to all the reasons that gave, and obviously the quarantine made things more difficult, but, um, but yeah, it just was another way that we could, you know, that we could obey the Lord. And, and he tells us that obedient or loving him back is obeying his commands. And that's a really clear one that we were, um, you know, tested and tried and, and asked to obey until we were, um, married to one another. And so there's just always going to be different things throughout seasons. I, I guess I imagine, um, different opportunities to obey the Lord and, um, by doing so express our love for him. So, yeah. But um, it'd be awesome if if the church could step into that a little more. And there was obviously challenges with with COVID and a little bit of a hindrance in stepping in. But totally, if you could go back in time and preach something to yourselves or anyone in that position about that t- topic, what do you feel like you would have loved to have heard or loved for someone to speak over you? 
I think something that I needed to hear and 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 know was that engagement doesn't mean entitlement. Mm. Um, like I often caught myself um, saying to myself, like referring to Maggie as my wife in my head, and it's like, no, like she's not your wife yet. Like yeah. you are intending to marry, and you are so close, but she's not your wife and and therefore you're not entitled to that physical intimacy that you get with your wife. Um, although you have all the right intentions right now and you're, you know, you're still, you're still on the right path and you're still so close, but it was, it was, yeah, like tough for me to separate that of like dating and marriage are two so different seasons and engagement is like this gray area. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and right, like it's such a temporary short season um, that it's just like, well, what does that totally look like? Yeah. And, you know, you're having conversations and about everything and, and getting more vulnerable and um, yeah, like it's like the door is open for everything, but there are still things that you just can't talk about or, or can't do yet. And that was hard for me to, to understand that, um, like you aren't there yet. And yeah, you have to, if you want to love the Lord, you have to obey his commandments and accept his plans for, for marriage and, and accept that you aren't there yet. Um, I think that's something that I, I needed to hear. Yeah. Engagement is not entitlement. Yeah. Dude, I like that. That's deep. I think something I needed to hear during our engagement was uh, let your community help you. We had so much going on, and I'm a person that put your head down and just charge through it, uh, not asking for help because that's displaying a weakness where it's not. It's Mm -hmm. it's a strength to know when you need help uh, and then to rely on the great community we have around us to lift us up and help us. Fortunately, we have great friends and great community that stepped in without being asked uh, that made our engagement season a lot better, uh, and helped us with that first wedding. Like they were incredible and we never felt as loved probably on that day as we ever have with mm-hmm. everything that they did to make that day happen. Wow. So. That's amazing. Cause I feel like that could have been, I'm sure there was a bittersweet tinge to it, but I'm sure that it could have been a day that could have felt, Oh my gosh, this is the worst day. Like we're having to move everything up and to see the Lord even redeem a small portion of it of saying, man, we, we simultaneously in all the pain felt so loved by the way that the community stepped up. I feel like that's really, really special. I think it was definitely God's will for that day to happen because we had everything, even my wedding dress was com- done um, like, I don't know, six months ahead of time just to no pour way. that. <laughs> For that day, and and that was through one of our friends helping and talking to my um, dress person. She wasn't supposed to have her wedding dress uh, ready for that wedding that we moved up, and then one of our friends called them and said, hey, like this is an emergency. What do we need to do to get this dress here on time? And they got the dress there on time so Mia could wear it. Yeah. That's incredible. That's really cool. All right, last question I want to ask you guys is this. Uh, Is there any piece of advice that you wish someone would have given you uh, when you first started the engagement season? I think one real easy piece is go in with the structure that you will be at your weakest. Um, Like go in preparing for you to be at your discernment, at your patience level weakest because at some point in the engagement season because of all you talk about and because all you're going through you're going to hit that and so if you've already built the structure around you to where you know what to do in that situation then you're going to handle it a lot better or at least you're going to have people who will help you handle it a lot better Um, because I think I didn't even have a category for the amount of like stress or loneliness or confusion about the season that I've experienced at this point. And so I didn't prepare for it. I didn't, you know, get ready and like, okay, when this happens, like this is where you go. But if you walk in expecting that at some point in the areas that you know you get pushed, you're going to hit your lowest, then it's not going to be a surprise and you're going to be able to respond in faith a lot quicker. That's really good. 
I think kind of piggybacking would be um, just really to prioritize clarity um, in every, (laughs) every aspect that you possibly can, like anything that could be clarified, clarify it. Like when it comes down to communication styles, like have those conversations of, I need this from you. And like, what do you need from me? Um, when it comes to physical boundaries, like don't even leave room for gray. Um, and maybe like, maybe even push those boundaries a little bit more, um, to be a little bit more restrictive than you think Mm -hmm. is necessary because it probably is necessary. Um, but yeah, I think just anytime that we've fought for clarity, things have just been so much easier um, and so much smoother. Um, so yeah, I think just starting off that way That's would really be great. That's awesome. I would definitely say um, to just encourage people to trust God in all of it, um, not just the the mere fact that, you know, you get to get married and he's brought you this person, um, to be your spouse and to do life with, um, and to partner together. But, but really in the timing of all of it, I feel like I had seen that with friends of mine before Zach and I got engaged. And so then when we were engaged ourselves, um, I remember thinking, you know, we, we didn't really have any set date for like that we were in love with like oh yeah we got to get married in this season or at this time so really we went into the venue search just super prayerful um feeling really having no clue when we when we would get married and just wanting that to totally be up to the lord and up to his timing and um when we found the venue that we fell in love with and really wanted to get married there the only date available in all of summer of 2020 and at this time, so this was October of 2019, only date available was in July, our wedding date. There wasn't even like an option to choose anything else. And so we were like, okay, this must be what the Lord wants for us. And, you know, we were told by the people um, touring us around that this date had been picked up and given back twice before. And so we kind of just happened to visit at a time when it was available again. And it was really unique that this Saturday into the summer was available. So we thought about it a little bit and then jumped on it. And truly only God knew what was going to come about. And only he knew, you know, all those months. I think there were times after we had made that decisions decision, we were like, man, it's kind of a far ways out. Like, why did we, <laughs> why did we pick something so far? And truly only, only he knows. Um, and I've just seen it in other couples and I've seen it in our, in, um, our relationship that God uses that time to refine you. And, um, he's going to use it if you let him to strengthen you as a couple and to prepare you for marriage. Um, and, he can be totally trusted with, with all of that. Yeah. He, yeah, he knew what that day was going to look like and when we were going to get married way before we probably even started dating, you know? And, um, yeah, I would just say totally, totally have peace with what the Lord is going to do and, and be willing to let things change, um, uh, change with, your wedding day and your wedding weekend and, and also be willing to accept change in yourself and, um, what your day to day will look like in engagement. And and that will look different in your married life and, you know, be ready to make changes in how you communicate and how you guys communicate when you're living together. And, um, when you are, you know, you, it's 24 seven communication and, that looks different um, than when you're dating and when you're engaged and then when you're married, it, it's just like the next step. And um, yeah, just be ready to be molded and um, be super attentive to what the Lord is is pushing you toward and, and where he wants you to go and where he wants y'all's relationship to, to go. Um, because yeah, we, we have ideas of what our lives will look like, um, but the Lord ultimately knows what's going to go on and, and just be joyfully willing to, to follow that. That's awesome. Following up, that's going to be tough. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you said it perfectly. Uh, 
in retrospect, our engagement season and wedding seasons were, you know, they were great. We look back at them with so many happy memories and joyous memories. But in the moment, um, we were wanting that control that we didn't have. Um, and just to have peace with what happened as it's happening uh, is something that would help us enjoy that moment uh, even more so we could look back at that with even more great memories. And really getting to watch how God works through all that chaos um, was really um, good to reflect back on and just have it all fall into peace, like right into place. That's awesome. Well, perfect. Well, y'all, thanks for giving us your time. I really appreciate it. And um, I know there's people who are uh, knee deep in engagement, and I'm sure they would, uh, or they will benefit from your stories and your vulnerability. So, anyway, thanks, guys. Thank thanks. you. Man, I thought that was such a phenomenal conversation just about all the different nuances that go into uh, the engagement season. Uh, Rob, as we close, uh, give us a few takeaways to just wrap this thing up. Yeah, I think one of the most profound things that I heard uh, was the phrase engagement is not entitlement. I think so many things with the season come with planning ahead and those are really good. Like we talked about the tangible dreaming where you get to go and really for the first time practically plan out your future and you get to pray with your fiance and say, what do we want the rest of our lives to look like? And it's so much fun, but it doesn't guarantee that it's going to work out that way. We've seen with COVID and other circumstances, how those have been changed. And so it's important to walk through this season, trusting in the Lord and trusting that he's going to provide even in the midst of hard circumstances. And in those hard circumstances, it's important to recognize how to love each other in different styles of communication and conflict. Um, I think we saw in different ways how either internal processing or external processing can make the partner feel isolated or not included in the process. And so it's important to recognize how your person may be wired differently than you so you're able to meet them where they're at and love them well and appreciate them for how God made them and not have that be a source of division or conflict in your relationship. And I think that those are really incredible things um, to celebrate and to learn and to grow in. And I think you always need to be on guard against uh, sexual temptation and then really especially unmet expectations. Because as you go through that planning season, as you go through, you know, walking out what your future is going to look like, it takes compromise. And it doesn't always look like what you thought it would at the start. Um, but it's important to remember that our God is so good at providing for us, even in the midst of those unmet circumstances. So when you meet those, rather than them being a chance for conflict or raising your level of stress that leads to more fights, it is an opportunity to turn to the Lord and trust in him and let him be the one who provides for you and let him be the one who gives you the peace to walk forward, even in the midst of those hard times. Um, but yeah, I think it was great, and I really hope that everyone gets as much as I did out of this conversation. Man, that is really good. I, I hope this has been a really encouraging uh, episode for those who are in the engagement season or are about to be in the engagement season uh, because it really is a unique time. So thanks to everyone for listening. We hope today was helpful, and we'll see you next time for the next installment of Something's Off. <laughs>